I am not good at cooking. Is anyone in the room good at cooking? Anybody like cooking? Wow, that is great. I love to see good chefs in the world. If that's you, I'm really happy for you. That is not me. I am an absolutely terrible cook. There's a couple reasons why I'm not good at cooking, but one of the main reasons is that Nicole is absolutely an unbelievable cook. How many of you have had Nicole's food? Most of you have had Nicole's food. Stunning. Literally amazing. I get that every single day. It is a true joy of my life. She is so gifted and passionate and experimental, and it's truly one of the best aspects of my whole life is being married to somebody who is an incredible cook. I love it. Last year, she was like, hey, I want you to try real cooking. Not like grilled cheese or like burgers on the grill or breakfast or some of the things are my go-tos when she doesn't want to cook. They're like quick and easy meals, but like real cooking, cooking. And I was nervous at first because she is such a good cook that I was like, she's going to eat this meal and it's going to be terrible. And it was. But anyways, I got this recipe and I got all the ingredients together and I really wanted to impress Nicole with this meal. And I wanted to time it perfectly so that when I was finished, it was typically the time that we ate food and everything to be perfect. So I got everything ready, meat was thawed, everything looked great, and then I realized I didn't actually read the beginning of the instructions of the recipe, because if I did, I would know that I had to preheat the oven. Now, classic rookie cooking mistake, our oven is very old and it takes a very long time to preheat. So I'm stressing out, I have this recipe, but now I have to wait for this oven to warm up so that I can bake this food. However, another problem, I think to myself, it calls for 375 preheat, I'm just gonna bump that baby up to 425, that way it'll be faster, right? It'll heat up faster, it'll be perfect, I'll be able to cook this thing and I'll save the time that I missed by not preheating the oven. That, as you may assume, was a complete disaster because I forgot to turn it back down to 375. And so when I put the dish in, it was too hot, which means that it burned and the house smelled and the dinner did not turn out amazing and it was not my best moment in the kitchen. Nicole was disappointed, I was disappointed. Good news, we did get Taco Bell that evening. But I learned a lot that day and the one thing I took away from that experience is that it's really important to know how the recipe starts. You can start by knowing how everything begins so that you can set yourself up to be successful. And tonight, we're going to see that just like a recipe, the beginning of our story in the Bible is vital to understand if we're going to journey on through the next couple chapters. So that being said, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Feel free to Google Genesis chapter 2 if you want to use your phone. That's fine. It will be on the screen as well. We're going to jump around a bit, but we're going to mostly be in Genesis 2. Again, welcome to youth. Great to have you with us. My name is Joseph. My pronouns are he and him. And we are in week two of our series, Heaven on Earth. And in this series, we're exploring the story of the Bible. So maybe if you grew up in church or if you have some idea around Joshua Christ... Uh, remember, fun fact, uh, you will know a little bit about maybe this story, and we're taking a couple weeks to unpack from Genesis all the way to Revelation. 
Last week, we started the series by talking about how the Bible is a really weird book. How many of you remember that? That was like our big idea. Bible's a weird book. It's long. It can be really boring and confusing and complicated. But we saw that the Bible is one story that ultimately leads us to this idea of heaven on earth. And we said that in order to simplify our series, we're kind of splitting it up into six chapters. Does anybody remember any of the chapters? What do we got? Avi's tentative. Be bold. Holy Spirit. The garden. Wow. Let's give it up for Avi. That's literally the first chapter. Unbelievable. Anybody else remember one of the six? The end, chapter six. We got the bookends. Anything in the middle? Human creation, close. Theron, what do we got? That is the name of the series, Les. Let's give it up for Theron, just knowing the name of the series. Unbelievable. Uh, spoilers, here are the six chapters. The garden, we miss the problem. Also Israel, also Jesus, Joshua right now, and then the end. So those are our six chapters. That is where we're going over the next couple of weeks. Again, if you missed last week, I encourage you, you can go back and listen to the podcast. It's really helpful to know where we're going. But tonight we are jumping into chapter one, the garden, which I'm super excited about, and you may not be, but that's okay. But in order to understand this story, look with me at Genesis chapter two. It's the very first book of the Bible, first few pages. Genesis 2 says this. We're going to jump around a little bit. So if you're reading it from your Bible, the verses may be mixed up, but hopefully you'll be able to follow along. Genesis 2 says this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Later in the chapter, we read, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And then jumping back, The Lord God took the man and the woman and put them in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now, you might be thinking, Cool, that literally has nothing to do with my life, and that sounds awesome, but I literally don't care about any of that. And if that's you, great. I hope I can change your mind, but maybe I don't. Newcom be you, okay? Um, here's what I want you to see. After God created the light and the dark and the animals and everything in creation, God created these creatures, Adam and Eve, and put them in the garden. Now, when you think of the Garden of Eden, if you're like me, you may think of like a beautiful garden with like roses, or if you're like even more imaginative, maybe you think of like a beach and it's like garden and there's like a canopy and Adam and Eve are just like drinking drinks and hanging out and it's just like, oh, a really beautiful, restful, peace, peaceful place. But actually, this idea of garden is kind of like an image of being helicoptered and plopped down in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. 
So imagine you just go to like the Amazon rainforest, you drop down there and it's like peace. And you have all these like trees and shrubs and rivers and animals and everything's like wild and there's no sense of maybe what the direction is. That is kind of the picture that I want us to have in our mind. It's this beautiful place, but it's raw and it's natural and it's this undeveloped terrain. And Adam and Eve were put into this garden, this wild landscape. And the question I want us to wrestle with tonight is what was their mission? God put them in the garden. That's great. Everything was created. Cool. What were they supposed to do? What was their goal? What did God invite them to do? In Genesis 1, we read that God created humanity to rule and reign over the earth. Now, remember that because that's going to be an important phrase for us to remember. Because God put humanity in the garden and commissioned them to create this place, this city where heaven on earth could dwell together. See, God created humanity and placed them in this wild land that was full of potential. There were minerals and rocks and water and trees and plants. And at this point, there wasn't even rain. If you remembered, we read that like water would come up from the ground. And in the Bible, we read that before like anything happened, the ground would like literally like sprinklers would like come up and it would water the earth and then they would like go back down. It's this really fascinating place with these weird stories. But it's wild. And Adam and Eve were not there just like chilling in the garden all day. They were called by God to co-create this place, this city where God could dwell with God's people. They were called to create art and buildings and homes and make babies and create families and culture and music and graphic design and roads and fashion and food and photography and education and politics and governments and partner with God to create a world where God's space, which is heaven, and man's space, which is earth, could dwell together. They were made for more than just like fellowship with God. They were made to express the full humanity as image bearers of God, meaning that humanity in the Garden of Eden were tasked with and commissioned to take this wild and wasteland and create a place where heaven and earth could dwell together. And it was this beautiful invitation, and it's one that I would argue all of us have here tonight. That's why all of us have this desire to matter in the world. You have gifts and abilities and passions and desires to contribute something to the world. And that's why we all have this internal ache in our bones to do something that not only matters to us, but also matters to other people. We want to be known. We want to live a full life and do the things that we're passionate about and be in relationship with people that love us and enjoy every single second of our life. We have this desire to matter and to love and to live in communion with the people around us and contribute and make the world a better place and to use our gifts and abilities and talents to bring love and justice and beauty into our world and, in the language of the Bible, rule and reign with God which is just like the story of Harry Potter. Now, you may be thinking, wait, Genesis 2 and Harry Potter, what? I'm confused, all right? Just track with me. Harry Potter 
if you remember the story, is this poor orphan boy who had never known his parents, and he had this weird scar in his head, and he goes through his whole life and meets all these people who seemed to know something that he didn't know. He lived with his aunt and uncle, and they treated him terribly, and he always had this nagging desire to do more. Like, I'm not made to live in this cupboard under the stairs. And so over the course of the story, Harry goes on this incredible adventure, and he discovers who he is. He finds his true family. He develops his gifts and his passions and his abilities, and he builds his confidence, and he trains up not only just himself, but other people to join him in this mission. Harry falls in love. He steps into everything that he is created to be, and his life ultimately mattered for the good and renewal of the world. What he did as a teenager actually in the story changed like the whole course of the world, right? And Harry's story is similar to our stories in that we all have this internal desire to matter. We all want to create and to love and to grow and to contribute to our world and see the world move forward. And that's exactly what the garden was all about. In the beginning of our story, this was the invitation to partner with God to create a space in a city and a community where heaven and earth would dwell together. So as we close, I just want you to do a little imagination exercise with us. Imagine, just in your mind, living your dream life. Could be right now, it could be in the future, maybe you're out of high school, you're off in the world. Imagine what your dream life would look like. If everything was exactly the way you wanted it to be, what would your life look like? Imagine, if you can, that there's no COVID, there's no sickness, there's no betrayal, there's no fear, no depression, no insecurity, no late assignments, no divorce, no heartache, no shame, no guilt, no stress, no anxiety, no loneliness, no addictions, no money problems, no Instagram stalking and wishing your life was different, no deadlines, no traffic, no worries, and no problems. Just pure, unfiltered, unbroken joy and satisfaction with your life. You don't have any problems. You lay your head on your pillow at night and everything is just the way you want it to be. Imagine what that must feel like. That is the vision of Genesis 1 and 2. That is the garden. And that is the vision that Jesus came to restore. Because when Jesus comes on the scene in the Gospels, he said that he was bringing heaven to earth. He came to fix what was broken with the world. He came to bring us back to what was supposed to be the vision in the very beginning, in this garden. Because Jesus came to make all things new. Because as you and I know, and we feel every single day, something happened in the story. Something broke. Something went wrong. Because the world we live in right now looks nothing like this one that we just envisioned in our mind and looks nothing like this vision of the garden. There is so much hurt in the world. And even in this room tonight, you are bringing things with you tonight. 
that you look at in your life and you say to yourself, this is not the way things are supposed to be. There's regret and brokenness and shame and guilt and abuse and loneliness and depression and anxiety and stress and feeling this is not the way that it's supposed to be. I wish I could change things. Anyone ever feel like that? I know I do constantly, every single day, literally. Because this world was beautiful and it was full of potential in this garden, like what could have been? But something went wrong in the garden. And so the question is, what happened? What went wrong? And what happens next? Well, that's our next chapter for next week. So if you want to know what went wrong, you'll have to come back and see what happens next week in the story. But for tonight, I just want us to see that this first chapter, the garden, was all about an invitation from God to partner with humanity to create a place of heaven on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen.